This is the PCS Pinball Podcast with breaking news. Not really breaking news, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Tuesday, July 24th, or Wednesday, July 24th, 2019. Welcome back. I'm in the car right now. A little noisy. Uh, I'm actually going to stop over here in a minute, but I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get on this pod this morning. I could not wait. So, last time I was on... We had a little bit of an info, or a little bit of info about um, Jurassic Park. So, that was the expected new title. As expected, it's going to come out this week. So, I got a, pictures of the play field for my friend yesterday. It's an Elwin design, most most likely. Looks some Elwinish anyway. But it is indeed Jurassic Park. The art is done by, I want to say, a guy named Johnny Crap. That's what I saw on the actual marquee for the, uh, for the art. I could be wrong on that, but that, that's what I saw. I mean, I'm not sure. But um, anyway, Johnny Crap would be a new one, wouldn't it? Be interesting. <laughs> so uh, we didn't get a really good look at the art, but I do know it's JP. Uh, I'm 99% sure it's Elwin, and I'm 99% sure we're going to see it this week. So great week for us. Let's talk about the play field. So the art looks fantastic and bright and beautiful. There is a map of the island on which Jurassic Park is located, and uh, right in the middle of the play field. And then surrounding it are the play field features. I told my friend yesterday, um, he sent me these pictures. I told him I like it a lot. I like everything that I'm seeing, except the pop bumpers. Now, if you go check out these pictures, I don't know where you'll find them. My friend just texted them to me randomly, my buddy Robbie. But if you go look at these pictures, you're going to see what I'm talking about. And that is the Borg pop bumpers. The Borg bumpers, all right? Now, where, where might those be, you might ask? I'll tell you where they are and where they almost every Borg game where they are on almost every board game, right? Upper right play field. Somewhere behind a ramp or somehow obscured by a ramp on the right side of the play field. And mostly completely inconsequential to the gameplay. So we had a little topic last uh, two months ago about this where I said, I don't, I don't know why people are putting pops on the game that don't affect the ball's path to the flipper. I don't know why designers would think that this valuable real estate on the playfield should be consumed by something other than things that actually affect the game. So when a pops are behind a ramp or above on the upper right side of the playfield and the only eject point is to the left of the scoop up, up there or into the orbit rail, they don't affect the game. So I don't mean to start off negative here. <laughs> Excuse me. I just think that that's a bad choice. And I would never put pops there. I already talked about where I would put the pops, kind of like on Maiden, where they actually have a bearing on the game's outcome because they're so close to the flipper, and they are random, and they add an arbitrary element to the gameplay, and they really do change it. They change 
they make you really become aware when they enter that little pop, that little pop nest on Maiden. Because if you're not ready, you're going to drain on those if they pop out at you. So, <clears throat> let's move on. Um, the ramps, um, the ramp is on the right side and the ramp is on the left. The left ramp is a deep ramp shot. And it is, it looks like it's in the literally the last fourth of the playfield, if not the last eighth of the playfield length. Um, it looks like it returns to the left flipper. The left ramp seems to feed a T-Rex or dinosaur toy, which has its mouth, which holds your ball. So it looks like a sort of a ball lock and then a release onto a wire form. And uh, that's how that works. So it also looks like the left ramp goes into the back box, a la Munsters. So that's kind of cool. There is a some sort of like a research building or a hut or some sort of a building on the left side of the play field, um, like a neat little toy that covers part of the ramp. Maybe that's another lock. Let's see, there is a Jeep or some vehicle, SUV, in the middle bottom play field, hiding what appears to be two Newton balls, two captive Newton balls, the type that were on Iron Maiden Premium and Pro. And there is a third upper right flipper. I don't see a fourth flipper, I see three. But a third upper right flipper, similar position as that on Maiden, uh, coming from an orbit loop. Now, if you look closely underneath the right flipper on the right side, so the, the player's right side, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> I've been sick. All right, so underneath the upper right flipper, there looks like a lane that, that must do something. It, there's a lot of space in there, and I'm not sure if it's a scoop. I doubt it's a scoop. That's not really Elwin's forte. But it appears to be a lane that goes back behind the flipper. And maybe there's a diverter there that, that guides the ball orbitally um, past the flipper. And then when you're not using it, it guides the ball to the flipper. I'm not sure, but that looks interesting. That looks really interesting. <clears throat> so we were listening to Canada uh, yesterday. And Canada says that his inside sources are indicating that the next four games by Stern are going to change pinball forever. And I got curious. I'm wondering what they said about the past four games. I'm wondering what they said about Deadpool, Beatles, Munsters. Um, I'm wondering what they said about those. Because maybe they didn't change the way pinball is ever going to be played again. But Deadpool is certainly a, a real good game. I, I don't know. I just... I'm I'm not I'm skeptical about those sort of announcements about well they're gonna they're gonna wreck shop next year or they're gonna wreck everybody they're gonna change they're gonna steal everybody's money or they're gonna take over the industry. First of all, Stern already owns the industry. They already have the market share exceeding ninety percent. So I don't know how much more they could gain, especially with JJP having two releases this year instead of one. But the idea that they're going to change the way we play pinball or change the game and change the industry, I, I find that to be a little uh, nebulous and a little bit dubious even, if I'm being honest. I just <clears throat> I just think that it's, it's time to temper our expectations and appreciate what we have. And I've been thinking about this for a long time. And I don't like when people, when cer certain podcasters are downplaying games and wrecking the game and basically saying it's crap before they play it, or even after they play it. I don't like I don't like that, because here's my point. This is what I have to offer to the pinball community. It is an opinion based on subjectivity, and based on the likes of others. I think it's cool to say a game's not for me. 
I think it's, I don't really like it when people say this game's garbage or this game's crap, etc. I just don't, like, because I don't really believe that. My thought is, it's super personal. Every game that you love and every, you know, you don't love them all. But every game that you do love, you love it for specific reasons, and those don't apply to everybody. So my thought is, let it be what it is. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But it doesn't mean it sucks. It doesn't mean it's terrible. It doesn't mean it's garbage or a, quote, turd, which I hear from a lot of other uh, individuals in, in this industry. I just think that uh, I could f- I could put any game in my, in my garage and be happy with it on some level. I really could. I've played a lot of pinball. I've played the machines at the museum. I could put any one of those games in my garage and enjoy it. I really, really could. Now, there are certain things which may be grading after a while, like some sound call-outs or some features that you just don't prefer, but it doesn't mean the game doesn't have a lot of merit. Um, remember, in every one of these games that we play, there's a, there's a thousand hours, at least, man hours of time going into these to, re- to research it, design it, produce it, assemble it, etc., there's thousands of hours put into these games, so they're not all. They're just not garbage. They're the product of a, a collaborative effort. They're they're the product of geom- geometric minds and geometric research, finding out what shots work, and they are the product of past experience. So, like, unless you're talking about the first one of the first ten pinball machines with flippers ever made, I really don't think you're going to be saying any games garbage because they are they're based on each other. Each game feeds off the next. So, that's my little opinion on that. But, Jurassic Park is coming, everybody. So, save your money, save up wisely, and go buy yourself a JP when it comes out this week. I'm hoping today's the day they reveal it. I really am. I've got, uh, I've got not much to do today, so I'm looking forward to a lazy day if I can. Make it so, I will. And, um, most of all, I'm just looking forward to looking a lot more closely at the playfield. My... My interest is peaked. It's an Elwin game. I believe in him as a designer. I think he's exactly what the industry needed at the exactly the right time. He, I think he just came in and saved the day with Stern. I just, I do. I don't think Borg is their best designer. <clears throat> I don't think Gomez is either. I just think that he is the guy. I think they're all great, but I think Elwin is a cut above. And Maiden goes to show it. He has no professional training in designing pinballs, but he made that. That's proof in the pudding, everybody. If you don't, if you don't think so, I'd be happy to discuss it with you. Email me s p f l i r o d at yahoo.com. Email me, please, so we can talk about it. I'd like to have that debate, but um, I just think that some people their days are gone by. I think that their time is passed. That's all. That's not a negative thing. When I when I when people say, "Oh, your time is gum," or "Your has been," <clears throat> maybe using the term "has been" is kind of rough and mean, and and out of line. So I can, I can abide that, but here's what I'm saying about your time has passed and and your day is, is gone really. Like your, your time to shine is gone because maybe you lost your mojo or maybe it just, your stuff doesn't work anymore. It doesn't really appeal anymore. I, I, my thing is this, if I'm 55 years old someday, you know, I guess if I'm, when I'm 55, when I'm 55 years old and let's see, that would make my child, my oldest child, 25 years old and my youngest 22 or 23. By that time, I will probably have worked my best years and given my best years to whatever company is employing me. I will have made some okay money. I will have collected many, many pinballs. I will have had vast experience in whatever career paths I have chosen, right? <clears throat> if some boss came up to me and said, Ian, your time has passed. 
you know, maybe you're a little over the hill, maybe you, you're just getting lazy, whatever it is, your time has passed and we're going to have to let you go. I would go gracefully. I, and I'm not saying that these other designers should be fired. What I'm saying is, how should anybody handle the thought that their time has passed and maybe it's time to pass the torch? I would be pleased to hear that. I would be pleased to hear that they've found my replacement and are willing to cut me loose and give me a severance package or whatever it is. Or on the, in the alternative, maybe it's just that I don't have the same prowess that I used to. I wouldn't, I would be okay with that. Heck, if I'm getting to be 60 years old, maybe I'm becoming a little bit slower or whatever. I don't know. But the fact is, I'm not too proud to admit when I've lost some of my stuff. And if, if I've done poorly or if I've done less than awesome, I will be the first to admit it. And I just think that it's time to have a little reality check on the, uh, on some of the designers and start handing the assignments to a little bit newer blood. Um, somebody like Keith Elwin, I think, you know, let's keep him going. So I might've talked about this before with regards to Stern two is Brian Eddy and they're giving him another year or whatever to learn their way. So it's been, it's going to be two years before he makes his first game as an employee with Stern. I find that curious. I find that very curious. Um, I think Brian Eddy designed a grand total of four games. Don't quote me, but if I'm wrong, email me. I think it was four to five games. I obviously, I know he did Shadow, AFM, Medieval Madness. Um, so that's three. Two more. Gosh, what is it? What is it? Let me know. I've got my binder in my other car. So I'm sitting here in my wife's minivan about to go get some new tires for her. So I will, um, I'll keep you posted on that. But my thought is, why? Why bring Eddie in necessarily? I know he's creative. He created two of the best games ever made. I feel like they're just trying to catch lightning in a bottle again over his stern. And I feel like that is a vain attempt to do so. With a designer who really didn't make a lot of games. And I know he's back in video games. He's done a lot of video game design. And I know he's great with software as well. So he's part of the team no matter what, even if he's not designing games. So there may be multiple reasons why he's on board. But I don't know if I want him designing playfields over at Stern. Just because, great, you had your moment in the 90s. It was excellent. It's been 20 years since your moment has come and gone. 20 years. 20 years can do a lot to a man, everybody. Or a woman, for that matter. I mean, if you think you're the same person... if I, I'm not the same person now as I was at 15 years old. It's been 20 years. Let's just get that off the table. Alright, so what was I doing last night? I was watching the IE Pinball Twitch stream with regards to their, their JJP Wonka reveal party and tournament. It was awesome. I can't remember who won the tournament. It was cool, but they had Jersey Jack on the stream. I was watching that. It seemed like a lot of fun. It seemed like a really cool stream. Jersey Jack was so generous with his time. He came all the way to California, everybody, to attend this Ace Goji event. So kudos to him. Thank you, Jersey Jack, for, for being such a integral part of the community and such a great representative for Jersey Jack. You're awesome. Um, <clears throat> I was also watching the... Was it the... Um, the Flip It Out Pinball Stream, their last and final Flip It Out Pinball Stream for Wonka. We're going to see it go. And they made an announcement that they are having the Scott Denisi Whitewood for TNA on board next week. They're going to be live streaming the actual prototype Whitewood. That's going to be exciting. I can't wait to see Scott Denisi on there and maybe even call in and check him out and see how he's doing. Um, and they're going to be talking about his next game most likely. So that's kind of cool. Tune in next week on Monday for the Flippin' Out Pinball stream on Twitch. It will be um, a must-see stream. So I appreciate you being with me this morning. I will have more updates, hopefully today, maybe tomorrow, about JP2.
Jurassic Park 2, everybody, it's coming. It's coming. Your pet dinosaurs are coming. Prepare yourselves, everybody. God bless you. Play more pinball.